So we've got the wonderful Catherine Brown this morning. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> Catherine um, lives in Sidcup, and she is, there we go, uh, part of Newcom Church. Um, I, I see the enthusiasm. I like this. I like this. Um, she is, I've got to know Catherine over the last year or two, and I'm very, very grateful for her friendship. Um, this lady loves the Lord Jesus and loves telling people about him. And she, every time I hear her talk about Jesus, I feel stirred to go and tell my friends about Jesus. I'm reminded that he's good news for me and for everybody else. Um, but also her and her husband, John, they're just people who care about the world around us and the culture that we're in. Not in a kind of like criticizing it, but just they've got a heart to engage people's questions, their journeys, where they're at, and to say that the things that they're searching for are ultimately found in Jesus. So we're going to hear somebody who's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of empathy, but also a lot of boldness today. And and that combination is very special. Uh, So you are going to be served very, very well. Um, Amiola, do you want to pray for Catherine and for these guys? And then we'll hand on over. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the seminar today. I thank you that you've chosen Catherine and you're going to speak through her today to the youth. I pray that you reveal your truths to each person here, that you reveal your love and you reveal who you are to them in this seminar. And you say pray, amen. Amen, amen. Fantastic. Um, that was a lovely introduction. Thank you, Matt. I'm a little bit blown away by that. You said some really nice things. Thank you. Um, as Matt said, I'm Catherine and I am from Sidcup. I did it just to get that. I wanted to have a moment where that happened. Um, so there we go. Thanks, guys, from New Community Church. Um, and thanks, Matt, as well, for letting me do this seminar. This is fun. This is great. Um, and thanks, guys, for coming along. And we are going to be chatting all about social media, media, but kind of the bigger picture of it. How, as we, as Christians, how can we live in this world? What do we do as Christians? How do we engage with media, social media, with the people around us? What does that look like in our lives? And so there's going to be moments where we chat with one another, where we break out and you guys have little chats. There'll be moments where I ask you to raise hands and get involved. So it's not just going to be me chatting, but the first bit is a little bit of me chatting, okay? Is that all right? Can you deal with a bit of that? And I thought the best place to start would just be to tell you a little bit about myself because lots of you in this room have absolutely no idea who I am and I could just be anyone. I could be an absolute weirdo. I might not even be a Christian. I mean, Matt's told you I am a Christian, so that's good. Um, But I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my life and starting with what I was like when I was kind of your ages. Obviously, there's a broad age bracket here but let's go right for the middle and when I was like 14 15 when I was 14 or 15 you definitely wouldn't have found me in this room and I don't mean to say that as a like that's so cool look at me with my swanky testimony because I want to say to you I wish that at 14 15 I had been just like you I wish that I had been sat in this room because it is such a gift from the Lord that you guys at this young age, whether you've just been invited along by a friend or whether you have been raised in a Christian family, that you get the privilege of sitting in here, being in the big top, surrounded by worship, getting to hear about Jesus right now before you even left home and gone off and found out, you know, what job God wants you to do and all of that. It's amazing. The story that God is writing and has written for your life. That's incredible. So, 
I don't want you, when you hear my testimony, to look at your testimony and think, oh, I'm really sad, I've got a sad testimony. No, you've got an incredible testimony. You've got an amazing testimony. And I pray and dream that when I have kids one day, my kids have your testimony. I hope that my kids are sat here one day. So that's fantastic. So we're starting there. But when I was 14, 15, I definitely would not have been sat here. I was raised in a totally atheist family. Well, atheist in the sense of, like, lots of your friends might say they're atheists. I'm an atheist, but if you walk under a ladder, that's bad luck. I'm an atheist, but you smash that mirror and so you're cursed for seven years. I'm an atheist, but you know, let's just manifest our reality. If I think this enough, it's going to happen. I'm an atheist, but hey, my horoscope is this. That was the world that I was raised in. This sort of eclectic, weird spirituality that was really founded in nothing. And you might be thinking now, so how did you go from that to then being here? What happened? Well, it's kind of cool what happened in the big top this morning when Andy McCulloch was talking about maybe God is putting someone in your mind right now that you need to talk to at the end of New Day. And I'd really say, if you didn't have a person in your mind at that moment, pray and ask God because he will give you someone. And that is a huge part of my story winding back a little bit from that moment I had a friend who was a Christian and he got very ill very quickly as a 22 year old he was diagnosed with a brain tumor and over the course of a month he got very very sick and he died but in the moments before he died in the days before he died he was completely at peace he was full of joy And you know what some of his last words were? He said to his mum, Mum, I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. I wish you could come with me where I'm going. She's like, I I will be with you one day, but, you know, go. He knew that he was going to be with God, that he was going to be with Jesus. And when I heard this story as a 19-year-old who thought they were an atheist but sort of believed in horoscopes and all sorts of things, thought totally what culture thought about all of the hot topics and all of the issues and thought that the Christian views on things were a bit weird and outdated and boring and whatever and all the Christians I'd met were a little bit odd and I got invited to a VeggieTales birthday party when I was 14 and I was like what's going on here guys I'm not going to come to that I'm not dressing up as a cucumber um no thanks I wasn't interested in that but hearing the story And having witnessed Stefan's life and then hearing the story of how Stefan died and the peace that he felt, my heart went, I want that. I am terrified of death and I want that peace and I want that joy and I want that certainty that there is something more than this. And so I've got to find out what and why and who Stefan believed in. And so I started to Google Christianity. I started to look things up as a 19-year-old. I started to find things online. And through my findings, I saw a thing that was like, pray, try praying. And so I tried praying for the first time and I prayed a very simple prayer. I said, Lord, give me joy. I want to experience joy. Give me a break from my grief. I was really, really sad, not just because of my friend dying. That was heartbreaking and I was in deep grief, but just because of life. Life is painful. Life is sad. Hard things happen. Families are messy and broken. And I couldn't see a way as a 19-year-old that life was going to get any better. I was like, people are going to die. I'm going to be sad. And that's the rest of my life. And so in that moment, I prayed this raw prayer of God, give me joy. And you know what happened? I felt joy in that moment. It didn't make sense. I was on a train platform and I just, I was surrounded by people and I started giggling 
And I was like, right, I, this doesn't make sense that I'm giggling. This is very weird and I'm being very strange right now, but I feel joy. And so God must be real. But what do you do when then you're convinced that God is real? Where do you go with that? Thankfully, someone else had been praying. And that morning, a girl called Katie had been praying because her church leaders had said they'd just planted a church. There was only 10 of them part of this church. She was 18. They said, everyone, we were going to pray that God puts someone in our mind to invite to church. It might be someone you know. It might be someone you don't know. It might just be that you see a picture of like a red coat and you need to go up to someone with a red coat and invite them to church. And so Katie was praying that morning. And guess whose face popped into her mind? Mine. Guess who had never spoken to her? Me. (laughs) Guess who didn't know anything about her? I didn't. The only thing I knew about her is that her full name was Catherine. My full name is Catherine. She was very smiley. I wasn't very smiley. And I didn't really like her because of that. I was like, there's one too many Catherines in this class, and it's you. Thankfully, you go by Katie. Um, Anyway, oh gosh, the Lord has redeemed me a lot. Um, There we go. But she came up to me and she said, you're going to think I'm an absolute weirdo. You're going to think I'm really strange. But I'm a Christian and I was praying this morning and I was praying about who to invite to church and God put your, you in my mind. Would you like to come to church with me? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I've just become a Christian. So yeah, I will come to church with you. And I joined this tiny church plan and I gave my life to Jesus totally and I was discipled really well and I am still walking with the Lord, which is amazing. So that is how I became a Christian at 19, even though I wouldn't have been in this room at your age and even though there would have been people that I knew, friends at school, who would have been in rooms like this, who would have thought about me and thought she will never become a Christian. And I know that because when I did become a Christian and I posted about it online and shared my story online... I had a person message me and she said, I can't believe you've become a Christian. This is amazing. I'm so happy. I was like, yeah, me too. This is a great thing that's happened. I believe in Jesus. She's like, no, you don't understand. I wrote your name in my Bible when we were 12 because you were the least likely person to become a Christian. And I was like, great. How bad was I when I was 12? That's fantastic. But also, how amazing is the grace of God? And how amazing is it that as a 12-year-old, her heart was burdened for me and she'd been praying for years and she got to see because of the gift of social media me become a Christian how wonderful is that who are you praying for at the moment who has God burdened your heart for at the moment that you might see saved in seven years time in ten years time in two years time who are you praying for that was actually a bit of a tangent um so I'm going to go back to my seminar now um but there we go very passionate about that So a lot of my life growing up was shaped by social media, and I'm sure that's the same for you guys as well. And the social media that was about when I was growing up was Tumblr. So I was really shaped by Tumblr. Does anyone know what Tumblr is? Yeah, is it still going? Anyway, um, Tumblr, and there was a bit of Instagram as well kicking around. And an interesting thing happened when I became a Christian. Jesus forgave all of my sins. I was washed in his blood. I was made clean. Jesus saw me not as someone in darkness, as someone in sin, as all of the messed up things that I had done, as all of the relationships I'd been in that weren't godly relationships. God didn't see that. He saw me as his child, as a holy one, as a saint, as someone who is being sanctified. That is how God saw me. That was amazing. But you know what didn't happen? Social media didn't do that jump. Um, And so my algorithms 
Does everyone algorithms understand that? Yeah. Every, my algorithms took years to catch up with the process that had happened in that moment when I gave my life to Jesus. So even then, a few years on, I'm in Christian ministry and scrolling on Explore and getting ads for things which are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that is because I Googled that when I was 15 and Instagram has not forgiven and forgotten my sins. Here we go. There we are. But as a Christian, how do we engage with social media? What do I do in that moment when something comes up on my social media that I'm like, whoa, that is not Christian. That is not good for me to see. I, I don't want to be getting ads for that. What do you do? Do we just now put all of our phones in the middle, put our iPads in the middle, and then Matt can come up. He's, he's willing to do this. He is willing. He is ready to go. Light a match put it in the middle, we burn all our phones. Or maybe less like chaotic than that. You just give them all to me. I'll sell them online. I'll make a lot of money. I will tithe from the money, don't you worry. Um, and, and that will be solved. Then as Christians, we can avoid all of the movies that our friends are watching, all of the music that people are listening to. You know, when Andy McCulloch was referencing different songs, all of you other than the Governor B song were like, I've, no, I've never listened to these songs. No, I do not know these non-Christian songs. No, I only listen to worship music. I only watch Veggie Tales and The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen... It's am- it is amazing. Um, I don't agree with your views on showering. I think you should have showered more this week. But I do agree with your views on The Chosen. There we go. Good conflicts, people. Um, fantastic. The Chosen is amazing, and you should watch The Chosen. But as Christians, is that the right way to engage with the world around us? Is it to just say, I'm only going to follow Christian TikTokers, I'm only going to watch Christian things, I'm only going to listen to worship music, and if I can't do that, I'm going to get rid of my phone, I'm going to get rid of my iPad, I'm going to remove myself from everything. And if you're like me, there might be something in your spirit now that you're like, no, 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 that's not the right answer. We don't do that. We're not going to do that. And I agree. I think that as well. I'm like, no, that, that is the wrong answer. Let's not, let's not do that. But why do we think that? Is that just our opinion? Is that just because we like enjoy being online? Is that just because that's something that feels right? We have to be really careful that when we're making decisions about how we live our life, even with things that can seem simple like social media, but actually are huge parts of life and hugely shaping, we have to be careful that we're not making decisions just based on our emotions and just based on how we think we should think about something. We have to base every opinion that we have within something bigger than ourselves. And God, in his kindness, in his grace, has given us his word. And the Bible is the best place to go. It is the absolute best place to go to figure out how to be a Christian and how to engage with this world and how to look at social media and how to watch movies and how to listen to music and all of that. And the Bible has loads to say about this topic. And now, for you as young people, it might be that when you're reading the Bible, you're like, I don't see anything about social media in here. Jesus did not have a phone, Catherine. That's a really weird thing to say. Why would you you think that? Um, 
And it might be that actually you need to grab your youth leader or a parent, if they're a Christian, or someone around you and say, actually, let's read the Bible together and let's figure out how does this apply to our life today? And I know that in this space, that's kind of what you've been doing. You've been thinking about the big topics of life. And I hope that when you go away from here, you as well will just think that through, right? Let me read the Bible and not just read it as like, check, I've ticked that off, but ask questions as you're reading, right, what does that say about my life, what does that say about God and my relationship with him and the people around me and the world that I live in. But I do think it's possible, and I do think we get this from the Bible, that we can be in the world but not of the world. And where does that little saying come from? Well, it's based in a verse in John, in the Gospel of John, and it's John 17 verses 14 to 19. And I'm just going to read it to you. And Jesus is actually praying this passage about us. So verse 14, I have given them your world and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one or from evil. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself so that they may also be sanctified in the truth. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, keep them from evil. I have been sent, Jesus says, I've been sent into the world and I am sending them into the world. Jesus is sending you into the world, in the world, not of the world, not out of the world and not of the world, in the world, not of the world. There is a way to be in the world, engaging with culture, but not becoming like the culture. Everything changed in the moment you became a Christian, the moment you put your trust in Jesus. And for some of you, that has happened this week. It's incredible hearing the stories of people that have given their lives to Jesus right now. And there's so many people who have stories of, it was that new day that I put my faith and put my trust in Jesus. And that's so exciting. And for some of you, it happened months ago, years ago. And for old people like, I don't know, like Matt, it happened a long time ago. And, but in that moment, sorry, Matt, you're not actually that old. Um, in that moment, everything changed when you became a Christian. And this passage talks about sanctification, which is the process that we're all going on and will continue to go on until we meet Jesus face to face, of continuing to grow and develop and become more like Jesus. But when you were saved, that was it. And as soon as you were saved, you were adopted into God's family. You were given a hope and a future. You were set apart. You were called holy and forgiven. All of your sins were covered by the blood of Jesus. And that was it. And nothing can change that. No engaging with social media can change that. No engaging with culture can change that. That's it. Jesus called you his and that was it. So we're just going to take a brief pause because I've been chatting for a long time. You're going to turn to the person next to you. We're going to take a couple minutes and I just want you to very briefly in a couple sentences tell the person next to you how you gave your life to Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, why you're at New Day and who invited you and what the story is there. So just a couple of minutes with the person next to you. How did you become a Christian? And if you're not a Christian, how did you end up at New Day? Go for it. Thanks for sharing those stories. And when you turn to that person and just say, thanks for sharing your story with me.
how incredible is it to get to share testimonies? And I'd encourage you to do that. And even with your friends that don't know Jesus, just ask them, hey, what do you believe? Like, what, what's, what's your life like? Just get them to tell you the story of their life. It might unlock some things that you can ask questions about. But when you became a Christian, not only were you forgiven and set free and all of that, but Jesus also turned your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And he gave you new eyes and a new mind. And it means that you can look at culture in different ways and you can see things differently and you can see God in places where you didn't see God before and you can see God in your friends' lives and in situations that you wouldn't have seen God before. But sometimes as Christians in generations gone by and today as well, we can allow our sin, our insecurity, and whatever other things to creep in. And it means that we can engage in culture in lots of ways that probably aren't that helpful. And I think there's three main ways that we can get it wrong. Are you ready to hear some of the ways we get it wrong? This is totally full of grace and it's okay. And all of us are going to have one of these things that we're like, yeah, I am tempted to do one of those things. And that's okay. That's all of us in this room. So number one, We can be tempted to form holy huddles. We can be at events like New Day and we're like, this is amazing. I don't want to ever go back to normal life. I just want to be around Christians all the time. Like, guys, should we just build houses here and move here and all just live together and like have a great time as Christians and just forget about the mess of the world? Wouldn't that be awesome? we can be tempted to form these holy huddles and we can look out at the culture around us and shake our heads in fear and in disapproval and go, oh, I'm so glad that we're not like them. And we can walk around like we're wearing white jeans and the culture around us is a dirty park bench and we're like, oh, I'm steering clear of that. I don't want to get that dirt on me. And we can think that the culture can dirty us, can make us less holy, can make us less of a Christian, can make us less like Jesus. And so we avoid it and we remove ourselves from it. And that's a false gospel. More about that later. Option two, we get very angry at culture. We remain in the world with a mindset of opposition rather than love. We get out our billboards or we get on Twitter or we get on whatever social media site it is and we start trolling the heck out of the non-Christian world and we go, that's disgusting or your argument is so flawed, let me undermine you. Or we stand up with billboards that say hateful things and we get very angry at the culture around us. Or at our friends, we go, why are you behaving like that? Like, why are you doing that? That's so dumb. Why would you do that? Like, live this way but they're not a Christian. They can't be held to Christian standards. They don't know. They don't know. So how can they be held to those moral standards? Number three, the other reaction we can have is we can be in the world and we can have great intentions. We're like, I don't want to form a holy huddle. I want to have loads of non-Christian friends. I want to have people at school that, and be friends with people at school that aren't like me. I want to love people. It starts there. It starts with good intentions. And then slowly, we start to look just like our friends. 
We start to chat like our friends. We start to think about cultural issues just like our friends. We start to watch all of the same things and have all of the same reflections on those things as our friends. And we realise that our faith actually has become just showing up to church on a Sunday and Monday to Saturday. We're not actually that different at all. And when we really look at our lives, we're like, do I have faith in Jesus or am I just showing up for Christian events? Am I any different to the world around me? So our three wrong reactions can be to form holy huddles, just hang out with Christians, just have friends that are Christians, just engage with Christian things. Number two, get really angry at culture. Be upset with people that aren't Christians. Look down on them because they haven't become Christians and because they're living these lives that you see as horrible and wrong. Or three, have friends that are not Christians but become exactly like them. Don't look distinctive at all. And your faith just gets reduced to just church on a Sunday and nothing else in the week. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so I want you to have a little think just by yourself, because this is probably quite personal. I want you to have a think right now. We're just going to have a moment of silence, quiet. Which one of these three are you most tempted by? Holy huddles, angry at culture, or becoming just like the world around you. Have a little think. Great. And if you do feel comfortable, it's okay if you don't. Just say to the person, I do not feel comfortable sharing this. But if you do feel comfortable with the person next to you, just share which one of those things it is for you. It'd be interesting to see whether you have the same. Okay, fantastic. Has everyone shared? Who wanted to share? Great. Great. The good news is Jesus has given us everything that we need. We have his Holy Spirit. And so because, whoo, whoo, just one little whoop, whoop for the Holy Spirit, guys, whoop. Um, That was great, thank you. Um, And so because of that, because of everything that Jesus has done, I really believe that God is raising up a generation. He's raising you up to be a generation who doesn't oppose culture and non-Christians in a way that is like avoidance and not loving. I really believe that you are the generation to step in as salt and light and be distinctive and be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you are. Whether that is in the physical world, at school, at work, at university, if you're there yet, wherever it is, but also on the online space, that no matter where you go, you will be the hands and feet of Jesus. There is a way to be in the world, not of the world, to engage with the culture, to be watching the same films as your friends, to be listening to the same things, but to have different reflections and to see the ways that those things point to Jesus. Again, I just thought Andy McCulloch was great, so I just keep talking about him. But how Andy McCulloch took those songs and went, This is the heart cry in this song. This is the heart cry in this song, the longing in this song. Wouldn't you love to be able to do that? When you're talking to your friends and everyone's discussing the Barbie movie. Yes, my nails are pink because of the Barbie movie. (laughs) I did dress up in all pink. My husband did as well. So it was great fun. Um, And so many women who were in their like 50s or 60s went up to my husband and they're like, well done for wearing pink. And he was like, thank you. This is the most affirmed I've ever been. Um, It was just wonderful. Anyway, um, 
but you've watched, let's say you've watched that movie, the Barbie movie, and your friends are chatting about it, and you're having a laugh about it. What if then you've already done the work of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this movie? Right, let's open the Bible. Right, what does God think about men and women? What does God think about this? And what does God think about that? And that means it's not that with your friends you're like, right, here's my sermon. Are you ready, guys? But you're able to ask a question. Really? Do you think that about that? Or what about this little bit of it that you might not have picked up on? Or what about that relationship in there? That's interesting because I actually think this, and it might open up gospel conversations. Every day you are being bombarded with a message. The world is preaching and what it is preaching is not the gospel. We live in a society that is founded on Christian values, equality, freedom, justice, those are all Christian things. Many parts of the world do not have those things in the way that we have these things. And we have that because historically we have been a Christian nation. And I could do a whole preach about that, but we don't have time to go into that. But that is the world we're living in where these, there's these foundational Christian values that then the world and our culture in England has gone, yeah, we're rejecting Christianity We kind of want these kingdom things, but we definitely don't want the king. We definitely don't want Jesus. We definitely don't want that part of the gospel. But we will keep the equality and the justice and freedom. All those things are such good things. But we as Christians get to go, you know you only have that because of him. You know you only understand this because of him. And the only way we can do that is if when we're watching things and we're listening to things, we're also more than ever hungry for the word and we're opening our Bibles and we're asking God to speak to us and to teach us and so that we really know him. So then when we're watching things and listening to things, we're like, I know what God says about this and I know how to talk about this and I know the questions to ask. And I think in your generation, God is raising up many people who are going to do this. And for all of us, this is the call on our lives. As young people, we can often think, what is my calling? What am I called to do? What does God want me to do with my life? And for some people, there are specific callings. But for all of us, Jesus tells us this in Matthew 28, in the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. No matter who you are, no matter what you're gifted in, no matter what God has called you to specifically, if you feel called to Turkey or if you feel called to working in a hospital, you are also called to go and make disciples. That is the call on your life, to share your faith, to talk about Jesus, to be in relationship with Jesus and to engage with the world around you, not avoiding it, not opposing it, not getting angry at it, but loving it, having your heart broken from it, for it, for saying, God, if I hadn't met you, I'd be just like them. So I can't look down on them. I, I sin and I mess up. But God, help me to view all of this through your eyes. It's an adventure. And so we don't walk around like we've got white jeans on, avoiding park benches, avoiding places that seem dirty and strange, like they might mess us up. No, 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 we haven't got white jeans on. We're carrying a big pot of bleach. 
and we're ready to be the ones that influence culture. It isn't culture that influences us. It's us because of the Holy Spirit that goes out and influences and shapes the culture around us. I was doing this seminar yesterday on leadership and I used this analogy when talking about how we lead in, in our everyday lives, even if we don't have a role or position. We're not just thermometers, the ones that can say, this is what's going on in the world. This is what's going on in culture. This is everything wrong with my friendship group. And this is everything I can tell you about how boring school is at the moment. We aren't just thermometers reading the situation saying, this is what the temperature is. This is what is going on. We are the thermostats of society. We're the ones that go, we're reading the temperature and now we're whacking it up. We're the ones that influence and change. We walk into our friendship groups and go, these are all the problems. And you know what? It's not going to stay that way because I'm going to start praying for my friends. We're the ones that look at school and go, you know what? It's a bit boring. And then we start to pray and say, Holy Spirit, will you give me a mission here at my school? And you know what? When you start talking about Jesus at school, it gets a lot less boring. It gets a bit more exciting. It might be scary sometimes, but it's super exciting. It means that you look at your future and the culture around you, and instead of being like, oh gosh, it's so messed up, and oh, it's a scary world, you go, I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm a thermostat, and I'm going to change this. I'm going to influence culture, and people are going to know Jesus' love for the first time. So I just want to get a little feel of who's in the room and just see how we're doing at the moment. And so I'm going to ask you to raise your hands after a few things. And um, this is exciting. And there's also no shame because the best place to start sharing your faith is right now, um, as soon as you get home. Um, And you know, it's fantastic that lots of you guys have invited friends that don't know Jesus to New Day as well. And if you're someone in this room that doesn't know Jesus, that's amazing. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're searching and that you're here to discover and to ask the big questions of life. I think it's the most important journey that we can all go on is asking those big questions. But I would like you to put your hand up if you have ever told anyone that you're a Christian. Oh, that's good. Look at that. The whole room. Fantastic. Well done, guys. Um, Fantastic. Put your hand up if you have ever shared your faith and it went horribly wrong and it was really awkward and you felt so awkward. Okay, everyone look around the room. Yay, you're not alone. That moment you think about and you think, oh gosh, I was so awkward and I said the wrong thing and now that friend thinks I'm a weirdo. You're not alone. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what's incredible about evangelism and about engaging with culture? We can't save anybody. We're not in charge. We're not the one who's saving anyone. And you know what that means? We have total freedom to make mistakes, to get it wrong, to say the wrong things, to be awkward, to be weird. And guess what? Jesus is with us and he's working through us. I probably think that the guy who invited me to a VeggieTales birthday party and the person who asked me out with a Bible and said, read this and then we can date. And I said, I don't want to date you, so I'm not going to read that. Um, I often think they probably think about those moments and think, that was weird. I wish I hadn't done that. And you know what? It hasn't really affected my life. It's a funny little story to share in a moment like this. And I'm glad that I knew at least that they were a Christian. So that when then later on I became a Christian, I was like, I actually had Christians dotted throughout my life. Even though they didn't share the gospel with me and they might have done slightly weird things. They were dotted throughout my life. And that's really cool. There's actually a lot of Christians here. 
So keep being weird. Keep making mistakes. That's wonderful. And now, last show of hands, I want you to put up your hands. And if you've ever shared your faith and it went well, the person doesn't have to have got saved or anything like that. But when have you had a moment where you've shared your faith and you're like, oh, that was a great conversation. That was actually really exciting. Oh, that's so encouraging. Right, look around the room. Look how many of you there are. And for those of you that don't have your hands up, it is possible. It is possible to talk about Jesus and it not be cringy and it not be weird. And for actually it to surprise you and for someone to go, yeah, I am actually interested in that. And I would actually like to know more. And you've invited me to church and actually I want to come. Or for you to post something on TikTok or Instagram and someone to message you and go, I am interested. Over the past few years, we've had an interesting thing happen in New Community. We had someone become a Christian because they were scrolling on Instagram They saw a devotional of one of our students who was just talking about Jesus, but not in a particularly like, let me take you through the ABCs and share the gospel. They weren't really catering to people that didn't know Jesus, but she'd stumbled across this Instagram because she was on the student union of the university near us and she was logged into that account and the student union follow our church. And so she was just scrolling on the student union page, saw this devotional, She watched it because she's like, oh, I know that girl. She goes to my university. And as she was watching it, just at home in her flat, she was like, I believe. That's it. From a totally totally atheist background, she just believed. You know what? She's actually here this week on the production team. How cool is that? There we go. We had another guy a few months ago um, who wandered into church, and he's like... I've never been to church before. And this is exactly what he sounds like, guys. Um, it just is it's actually a perfect impression. Um, I went to drama school, so I have trained for this moment. So um, I, I was on Instagram. <laughs> he sounds nothing like this. Um, and I stumbled across this apologetics Instagram. And I think I believe. And this guy's called Tommy. He's a bit of a power lifter. Um, And so he just walks into church and he's like, I think I believe. And then uh, my husband John was preaching and he was preaching all about culture, actually, and said some quite controversial things that some people would walk in and go, that's really controversial. And Tommy was like, I've never heard anyone talk about anything like that before. And I think it's, it's all true. It's all true. And he's in our small group now, and that's fantastic. But it was just through scrolling on Instagram, because someone had posted something on Instagram that was an apologetic site, and he had become a Christian. How wonderful is that? And then even me, I'm not, I'm not actually massive on the like Instagram, TikTok life, and I would love to grow in that, and it's something that I'm praying about. But even just a simple thing, I shared a reel about how people start, it was like a joke thing about how people when they go through turbulence aren't atheists anymore they start praying because I found it interesting and I was like I wonder whether people actually relate to this and it was this video of this woman singing away in a manger really badly and it was like this is what I become like when I'm in turbulence she's like away in a manger and I was like this is just a funny video oh it's a good video isn't it so I posted it and I put a little poll it's like for my friends that don't like aren't Christians wouldn't have a faith or whatever do you relate to this yes or no or are you somewhere in the middle and um 
I had loads of people respond and say, yeah, that's me. I'm like, that is me. I start praying. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. People are actually spiritual. And then I went to the gym later and the guy who owns the gym, who's very scary, um, came up to me and he's like, you made me think. I'm like, oh no, I don't really want to do that. Um, and he's like, no, on your Instagram, you made me think. Um, I do that. I, I pray when I'm on a plane. I was like, oh, what do you pray about? He's like, I don't know. Please don't help me die, God. No, please help me not to die. Oh gosh, I got that wrong. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And so I wonder for you, just in your everyday normal life, how you can tell the truth about who you are and your faith in Jesus, how you can be totally bold and unashamed and just say to people, hey, this is what I believe. You're invited to believe it as well, actually, because it's just changed everything about my life. I wonder how you can share your testimony online or how you can ask questions about your fr- ask questions about the films that your friends are watching or the music that they're listening to. And so just as we are wrapping up here, I'd love to just highlight, as I was praying for this seminar, I was praying for you guys and praying for specific people and asking God to highlight some things. And so there's a few things that I think God wants to do um, this morning. So I think for some of you, when I talk about the, the stuff about films and like the Barbie movie or whatever movie it is, you are like, I want to do that. I want to be that person. I want to be the person who can look at culture and not just go, right, this is my assessment of it. But actually, I want to be in a relationship with God, which means I can ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give me questions to ask my friends that will spark gospel conversations. You're like, I don't know how to do that now, but I want to do that. I want to be the person that engages with the culture, but knows how to ask really good questions and start talking about Jesus. Um, and you know what, actually, before I go on to the next ones, if that is you, could I actually get you to stand up if you feel like that is you? Okay, fantastic. That's wonderful. Yeah, great. Nice. Sweet. That's good. Um, great. Hmm, okay. Just keep standing. I'm going to do the other two, and then we will pray afterwards rather than praying after each of these. Um, But just to you guys, I believe that you will be those people, that if you are wanting that, that if that is something you desire, God is going to give you his wisdom. That actually is not based in who you are and what right now you feel like and how much fear you might feel but actually the Holy Spirit is going to come this morning and equip you in a new way to do that and give you wisdom in a new way I I really believe that Um, some of you here are incredibly created and gifted and you actually are like I think I could be someone who creates TikToks or Reels or whatever it is, YouTube videos, whatever your social media platform is, that point to the glory of God. I want to be someone who shares about Jesus online. I want to learn how to do that. I want to be that creative person. And if that's you, I'd like you to stand up now. And I'm standing up as well. I would like that, Lord. And so we can pray together that we become those people. Wow, great. Lots of people standing up. To these people, I say, amazing, fantastic. And I'm preaching to myself as much as you. The fear 
probably won't just go away in a flash. Like when you're thinking like, I want to post something online. Or do I feel like God's saying go da 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 da. Actually, you just need to step through that fear and you just need to go for it and take that step of faith and just trust God that he will meet you there. And actually, you might as well be a bit of a perfectionist and think this stuff isn't good enough. Actually, I'm not like that famous person online who's doing that. That's okay. You are the perfect person to reach your friends with the good news of Jesus. You don't need to be like anyone else. Just share what you know. Just share what God has taught you, what he is doing in you, what he has done in your life. Just share your story. Just share your real life, your quirky sense of humor, your stories of um, your videos of singing away in a manger, all of that. Share it all to the glory of God. Others, you just want to start sharing your faith. You want to walk into school and tell people that you're a Christian. You haven't maybe done that and you want to do that. And you need a bit of bravery and boldness from God. You're like, I just, I just want to start sharing my faith. I, I don't even want to be necessarily creative about it. I don't even know about doing that. I, ju- I just want to be open about my faith at school. And I want to be different to my friends. I want to have a distinctive, fiery faith. I don't just want to have a Sunday faith. I want to have a relationship with Jesus that transforms everything. My heart, my mind, my speech. I want to be different and I want others to see Jesus because of the way that I live. I want to point people to the King of Kings, to the eternity that is on offer for them. And if that is you, I'd love you to stand up. Fantastic. That's great. And for you guys, God is going to give you an opportunity very soon, this week probably, an opportunity to share your faith, to just mention that you're a Christian or to even just talk about something that God's done in your life or is doing in your life. And you'll know when that opportunity comes because you'll be like, oh no, this is the moment where I like could tell them I went to church on Sunday or could tell them that I went to a youth festival and just say, yeah, it was really fun, loads of young people, yeah, just like gathering together. Or I could say oh no, can I actually tell you about something that happened at this Christian youth festival? I want to tell you a story about this girl that got healed. It was mad. And you actually share something of what Jesus has done. And you go a little bit further. That will feel scary, but it's worth it. Let's see what God does on the other side. Fantastic. So we've got a lot of people standing up, but if you're not standing up and you're a young person or you can pray for young people because you're a youth leader or your ministry team, I would love for you to lay hands on the people around you. And because there are so many people standing up, let's also just pray for each other. So let's lay hands on the people around us and just start to pray. Lord, I thank you for your call to go and make disciples. And I thank you that that's not just a call for really smart people, really eloquent people, people who are famous or people who are professionals. No, that's a call for every single one of us. And I thank you for what you're doing across this room. And I just pray right now, come Holy Spirit, come and fill people afresh with your spirit. Make them distinctive and fiery for you, Lord Jesus. Make them the type of people that point 
others that don't know you to your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Give them eyes and ears to watch and listen to things and to see you in them and give them opportunities to ask their friends really good questions and to tell them about everything that you've done in their lives and the good news that you are Lord Jesus. God, I pray for abundant opportunities that you would just give every single person in this room an opportunity to share about you, to tell people about you. And I pray as well for grace, where we mess up, where we're awkward, where we're weird, where we say no to those opportunities. And I pray that you give us another one. And I thank you, Lord, that you always do. There's always another chance to talk about you. So Lord, I just pray that you bless everyone in this room and that you would just keep them and encourage them as they go home and they tell their friends about this last week who don't know you, Lord. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this seminar is over. Feel free to keep praying if you want to. Thank you so much, Catherine. That was amazing.